This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the LFC Academy show. I'm your host, Mo Stewart, and I'm joined by our Academy expert, Matt Addison. And Matt, we've got quite a lot to go through on this show. There's been a lot of happening in the world of the under-18s and the under-23s. And there's a lot of big games on the horizon for both teams. Yeah, it's uh, it's always an exciting time, isn't it? We've not done one of these shows for a little while for a variety of reasons, so plenty to, to catch up on. But to be honest, lots of, of the themes are, are very, very similar to, to what they were before. Oakley Cannoneer is still banging in the goals, which is is fantastic, and you know, plenty of, of other interesting bits to, to get into as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's always good to, to have a catch-up and good to have you involved as well as our, our new host of the show. Well, I'm very pleased to be involved, I must admit. I'm quite getting used to all the names of all these youngsters, but there's, like you say, there's been quite a few who've already been entered into my consciousness, and he is definitely one of them, and he won't be the last time we hear about him in this show. But we want to start at the other end of the pitch, because there's been some new news of a new coaching hire into Liverpool that's raised a few eyebrows. Uh, World Cup winning goalkeeper Claudio Taffarel has joined the goalkeeping staff. And while initially the connection was made with Alisson, because they do work together for the Brazilian national team, when asked about it, Jurgen Klopp made mention of the youth team in particular and about the idea of bringing a new philosophy for the way they wanted to do things. Now, we have a Brazilian young goalkeeper in Marcelo Pitaluga, but we have a quite a stable of great young goalkeepers. And this idea of a new philosophy, a new way of playing is quite interesting and probably really exciting for all of them, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. I think it's it's something that I have thought about in the past and thought that it's something that you could take a bit more of an advantage of. I mean, obviously, as a coach, Jurgen Klopp has got a lot of expertise. He's got lots of people around him. But obviously, being a goalkeeper is, is just a, a completely different position, isn't it? So it's interesting that, Jurgen Klopp was very quick to say that, you know, John Achterberger signed a new contract. He's not going anywhere. This is very much, you know, an addition rather than a replacement. So I think that the idea of of having a kind of philosophy of, of how you want your goalkeeper to play is just really an underlining really of what we've seen in the last few seasons with obviously Manchester City, with Liverpool. It's it's very much as, as Pep Guardiola likes to put it, you know, it's not a goalkeeper, it's an 11th outfield player really, isn't it? So it's one of those positions which is so specialist, but also so important. And I think, to be honest as well, for, for Liverpool in the back of their heads, they're probably thinking, well, we'd quite like not to have to spend £65 million on a goalkeeper in a few <laughs> years' time if one of these youngsters can come through and, and be the next Alisson and learn from him and, and all of the other experts around him. I think, you know, it, it can genuinely save Liverpool a lot of money. So, it makes sense. It's it's a good next step, I think. And it, it's something that, you know, within academy football, obviously, it's something that's a little bit different. But again, it's it's Liverpool taking the lead and, and making sure that they are ahead of, of the rest of the pack, really. So, yeah, all good, I think. I was just going to say that. It's another example of Liverpool's looking for those marginal gains in places that not many other people are. And I think particularly about the way we want to play and the kind of goalkeepers you need. You think of someone like Alisson and not just his ability with his feet, but his calmness, because that's such a key part of it. When you're playing that way, when you're playing out from the back, you're trying to draw the attackers onto you to try and play around the space. So you need your goalkeepers to have that calmness 
and composure. And so it makes sense that we're going to be looking to put that into people from a much younger age because it's a lot harder to try and get a 24, 25-year-old goalkeeper to suddenly be okay with his feet than it is a 15, 16, 17-year-old. Yeah, and I think we, we've seen that with Adrian when he's obviously come in. He's not the worst goalkeeper in the world, despite what some people might try and, and suggest. But I think that the issue with him was just purely, you know, he wasn't suited to the way that Liverpool play as well as maybe what they thought he was going to be when he, he came in. I think it it does, again, just show how how different Liverpool are in terms of, of the way they play, the the risks that they take. Obviously, it's yeah. it's a calculated gamble at times to, to wait until the attacker comes to close you down and, and then play it around them. And I just think Adrian was, was not quite suited to it. Obviously, we've seen Quivin Kelleher since then overtake him and, and become the, the undoubted number two to, to Alisson. And I think a lot of it is down to, to that. Obviously, there's other bits of, of Kelleher's game which are, are really good and really promising, but primarily it's it's because he's good with his feet. He can come out and, and sweep up if he needs to. It's all about that sort of goalkeeping DNA that, that Liverpool are trying to instill. So, yeah, I think... Let's say at the very least, this move is going to stop Liverpool having to sign another Adrian in future. I think that's <laughs> that's what we can definitely say is that, you know, whoever it is that's going to be coming through at Liverpool now is going to be perfectly suited to, to coming in and, and playing. Obviously, they're not going to be as good as Alisson. Kelleher is, is nowhere near that level. But as long as they're in the same mould, they're in the same kind of, of position and being able to, to slot in and, and do basically the majority of the things that, that Alisson does... I think that's that's a huge, huge thing. And I think I think it's fair to say as well, if, if Alisson had an injury for a month, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be a huge amount of concern. Obviously Kelleher's not at the same level, but if you've got someone who you can plug into that same system, I think mm. it, it can be a, a really good thing. Obviously we don't want Alisson to get injured, that's no, not what I'm saying no. at all. <laughs> but if he was, maybe it wouldn't have been such a disaster that it it might have been two or three seasons back. I mean, if you didn't put that disclaimer in, I was definitely going to do it for you. <laughs> I have no part of this show being clipped up and used in, in any bad scenarios. But the point is, it's a good one. It's the fact that the deeper into the Liverpool DNA this kind of thing becomes, the less of a problem it is when we lose our top goalkeeper. And I agree with you. I do think Kelleher is already well on the way to earning the kind of trust you need as a goalkeeper to be able to make those moves, not just from the fans, but from his teammates as well. Okay, so let's focus a little bit more on the Brazilian youngster because obviously Tafarel's come in and so the focus is going to become onto Marcelo Pitaluga a little bit higher. He was someone who came, there was a little bit of a fanfare about him when he came in last summer. I don't know if it's partly because of the connection between Alisson and particularly Alisson's brother Muriel, who had helped him for his time at Fluminense, but... We mentioned John Atterberg. He actually was the one who scouted him extensively at the time and brought him in. We haven't heard massive amounts about him since then. How has he coped with moving over to England and adapting to our system? I think that the adaptation has been a relatively slow one. It's been one where he's done a lot of training with Alisson. He's been more with the, the first team than the youth teams. He's been a lot in, in sort of contact with 
John Acterberg and, and all of the, the goalkeeping staff and, and just part of, of the sessions. And we didn't necessarily see him week in, week out for the, the youth teams last season, but this season it, it's kind of becoming more the norm that he will go and, and play there. I think he's played nine league games out of about 11 or, or 12 so far for the under 23. So he's he's playing a lot more in terms of, of his football at the moment in, in competitive games. Obviously, the, the competitiveness of Premier League 2 and, and the under 18s and what have you can be <laughs> kind of questioned to, to an extent. But he's been in and he's played in, in those games. He's played um, two out of three as well in, in the Papa John's trophy, uh, which is obviously against senior teams, which I think yeah. is another big step forward, particularly for a goalkeeper, I think is, you know, obviously at, at under 23 level, you're not getting elbows on corners. You're not getting people piling in on you, which you, you no. possibly do against some of those other teams. So I think that, that, that is a big thing for him. I think to obviously develop physically, he's still only 18, which, yeah. you know, for, for any player is very young, but for a goalkeeper, I mean, he could quite feasibly be more than a decade away from, from reaching his peak. So, yeah, it, th- there's a lot of promising signs there. Everything mm. you hear from Akterberg, from Allison, from anyone that, that has worked with him, Jack Robinson as well, the assistant goalkeeping coach, they're all you know really, really pleased with how he's doing. His development is, is coming on really, really good with his feet, really intelligent as a goalkeeper. I think you can tell as well that he's worked now with with Allison. He came in as a, a similar kind of, of mould of goalkeeper. But you know, if you're training with with Allison day in day out, I think that can only only improve. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him long term. Mm. Maybe maybe does he go out on loan? I do wonder whether that's maybe not the best thing for him in terms of, of going somewhere else because again, it, it sort of takes you away from that Liverpool way of playing. If you go and put him in the Championship, for example, there's mm. no guarantee that they're going to be playing out from the back and then doing all of that sort of thing. You know, even even when you think of, of Harvey Elliott last season, I know Blackburn played in a way last season, which was pretty similar to, to how Liverpool play. This season, they've completely changed it. Tony Mowbray decided he didn't didn't have the players right. to play in the same way. And, and Leighton Clarkson, I think, is is finding it a bit more difficult as a result of that. So even season to season, it's quite hard to, to work out in the championship how teams are going to play. So I'd be, be slightly wary of that. Maybe a move abroad uh, for a season or two could work for him, but he's, he's got plenty of, of time on his hands. Still only 18, mm. I think. You know, I mean, you, you look at Kelleher, who's, what, 22, I think, at, at the moment. So he's still got a long time to, to develop, but the signs certainly so far are, are really good. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because you look at what we were saying before about the difference between the Papa John's trophy and what he'd been used to previously in Brazil and the fact that it's very much a culture shock. And he is a young man. He needs to adapt to England in general as well as English football. And then you think about the kind of football that he probably is more used to, the fact he hasn't really played features much in any of the UEFA, UEFA Youth League games. Uh, he's been cornered more on the other side of it. And then you think about the idea of a loan to the championship and all of those pitfalls you mentioned. But maybe somewhere within there, there needs to be some kind of balance because maybe it's that strengthening side of it, those elbows that he needs to sharpen himself more to the English game once he's had that um, hot housing, as we say, within the Liverpool system. Yeah, I think so. It, it is something that I think will will come naturally to him. I think obviously at, at eighteen, you're still filling out, you're still growing, and mm. you know you're still developing physically anyway. Um, but obviously, that's something that you've you've got to get used to. I mean, he's over one point nine meters tall, so he's not going to have any sort of struggle in in that regard. He's mm. very much 
capable, I think, long term of, of fulfilling that kind of potential. So it'd be interesting to see what they do, as I say, in terms of, of a loan spell and, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I think what we'll see over the next couple of seasons is is basically just what we're seeing now. Continue to, to train with the best. Maybe, you know, if if Kelleher was to, to be injured for an EFL Cup game or something, it'd be interesting to see who was the one who was picked. I suspect it, it might well be might well be Pitaluga. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. But mm. I think that there's still there's still plenty of steps for him to take. But you know, so far, so good. Maybe he'll end up going the Shamal George route and going on on loan to Marine so we can keep him close by. I like the idea of that. But, I mean, there are lots of other goalkeepers in this age group to consider. We mentioned previously, you've got Harvey Davis. Uh, Vitor Villaros has been out on loan at St. Patrick's and done very well for them, won himself a trophy and the player of the year. Uh, You've got Fabian Rozek as well, who's played in UEFA Leaf League. So there's a lot of them around there. And so it's hard to really gauge who's ahead of whom in the pecking order. I mean, obviously Kelleher is in with the first team squad, so that kind of separates him for a section. But if you think about the other four, Pitaluga, Mrosek, Yaros and Davis, I mean, who do you think at the moment is most likely to be in Liverpool's long-term plans? I think it's it's a hard one. I mean, we've seen a lot of Harvey Davis within sort of Champions League training videos. We've seen him, you know, within the AXA training centre quite a lot with with the first team goalkeepers. So I think he is one. But then at the same time, last weekend he was playing for for the under 18s and, and not for the 23s. So I think it's it's a really difficult one. I think it's it's always difficult if you're an academy player to get into the first team. But I don't think there's a more difficult position that to than goalkeeper to be able to do that not least because there is only one of them in goal at, at any one time so I think it's it's a really hard one to judge them I think for me Peter Luger is the one that I'd look at and think you know without a doubt is is most likely to make it at Liverpool long term I think there's there's a reason that they've gone so much out of their way to, to scout him and and bring him over and get him friendly with Allison. and I think there's there's a real long-term vision there of, of making him you know, a player for them long-term eventually to, to take over. It's just a case of how long do you have to wait for that to be the case? Because it's quite feasible that Alisson could do another 10 seasons, isn't it, really? He's, he's a goalkeeper. He's, he's at that age. I mean, how long do you want to wait for, for that opportunity? I don't know. But yeah, for me, I think Peter Luger is the one that he's at an age where he can still develop, but he's at a very high level already. And I think he is the one that's that's most similar to, to Alisson. I don't see Liverpool's style changing massively in, in the next few years. So I think he is the one that is kind of set up. But apart from him, yeah, Harvey Davis, I think, would, would be the one that I'd look at. I think, you know, obviously, uh, you, you mentioned a couple of, of the other names there. Yaros is, is someone that I do like. But I think for me, yeah, Peter Loger is, is the number one. And I think the others will, will all go on and, and have decent careers. I think that the loan spells that you mentioned as well have, have shown that they can do that. But for me, Pitaluga by by some distance is the one that I'm most excited by. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Interesting. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye on all of them as the season goes by. I think Harvey Davis is probably the most likely to be next in action when Liverpool are in UEFA Youth League. I did say I was going to practice that, and it's still <laughs> tripping me up. UEFA Youth League. There you go. UEFA Youth League action this evening, the final of the six group games away against AC Milan. And very much like the senior side, Matt, this has been 
pretty much smooth sailing. Liverpool have gone through with just one defeat away in Madrid, but they are on the very, very cusp of qualification. But it's one of those situations where you want to top the group and avoid that extra round in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a, a very complicated situation, isn't it, in terms of, of the youth league with all the, the different ways of, of qualifying. We were going through it before and I don't want to uh, go into it in too much detail, not least because I'll probably get something wrong on it. But I think, uh, yeah, basically the long and short of it is Liverpool want to be topping that group. They're, they're in a good position to, to be able to do that. They've obviously had some good results so far. They go into the final match day as group leaders uh, on goal difference. Same number of, of points as Porto. But basically, if Liverpool win, um, they will top the group. And I think that that's a, a big thing for them to, to not just get through, but obviously to, to do that, as you say, in, in some style. They've had the benefit, really, of, of having a couple of players that maybe in previous seasons they wouldn't have had in terms of, of Kate Gordon obviously being there. He's been able to, to play wasn't eligible to, to play in the, the Champions League. So they've been able to, to keep him all the way through, despite Liverpool's first team having a few injuries. I think maybe in, in previous years, there might have been one or two key men that, that got taken away from them. You think of, of someone like a, a Leighton Clarkson last season, for example, ended up playing against Michelin rather than playing in, in the Youth League. Uh, obviously, the, the Youth League wasn't even on last season, but hypothetically, that would have, have been the case. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a good position they find themselves in. And I, I seem to say that a lot this a lot actually in terms of of the youth league, but I think it's it's the most important competition in terms of if you want to be a Liverpool player for Jurgen Klopp, you're going to have to show that you can do it not just against you know the, the teams domestically, but against different styles of play. Mm-hmm. You can cope with going away from home to to Milan and and all the sort of different things that 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 has around the match day in terms of of travelling and all the rest of it. I think you know being able to to do this in Europe as well as domestically is uh, is a big tick. So, yeah, fingers crossed Liverpool can top the group, go through, get themselves into the last 16. And, you know, you just never know. It's it's a competition that they do have the quality to go all the way. It's it's just a little bit of uh, luck of the draw at times. It is luck of the draw sometimes. And Liverpool are still, well, I'll say slightly vulnerable. There, there is one very small scenario in which they don't qualify, but it involves a heavy defeat to Milan and a heavy win for Atletico. But looking at the way AC Milan have been playing in this competition, you'd think that Liverpool would be able to go away there and get the job done. So looking beyond that, there are some bigger teams who we, as maybe not fans of the youth league, but just as fans of football, would expect to still be in there. So I think of Barcelona, I think of Bayern Munich, who I believe have lost all of their games in this competition, five out of five. Uh, Manchester City, teams who have had very good youth players in the past. None of those teams are going to be going through to the competition. Liverpool have never won this. This is something that we always like to win, things we've never won before. Is this a realistic prospect? Are there some other big teams who we should be trying to avoid in the next round? Yeah, I mean, look, for Liverpool, they will always say it themselves. It's not about winning it. It's about the experience. It's about what you gain from it and, and all of that. But let's face it. I want trophies, nice. Matt. Yeah, I want trophies. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to go all the way, would it? So you're quite right. Bayern Munich having lost five out of five is, is a bit of a shock. Benfica, though, in their group, I think... Uh, a really good team at youth level. There's a lot of, of Portuguese players that, that come through and pretty sure Sporting Lisbon at a top of their group as well from memory in the youth league. So 
it, we do tend to, to see a lot of, of Portuguese players playing in this sort of competition, then get picked up by uh, Premier League clubs or, or clubs in Spain and whatever. So they don't tend to, to stick around too much. But certainly at this level, those teams are, are really, really good quality. Um, Sevilla as well, I think, from memory, have, have been pretty good in, in youth league competitions before. Obviously, they tend to, to be in the Champions League quite frequently. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's still a few big names in there. There's still Manchester United, I think, are, are in there. Ajax, typically, again, are, are going to be a, a decent team. Club Bruges being top of, of the, the PSG, Man City and Leipzig group is, is quite interesting. Obviously, you'd expect all of those teams to, to have decent uh, youth setups, but yeah, Man City in particular, I think is is a slightly strange one. They've got so much talent and, and so much depth and, and quality, but yeah, they're already out. Well, this shows that the sometimes inconsistencies that you have to suffer through at youth level. I mean, like I mentioned, Liverpool never gone all the way for some reasons, like you mentioned, in terms of not having the players at the right time. So there's lots of variables in it, but we will definitely be keeping an eye on Liverpool's progress, as I believe they will get the job done by the time we, well, we later on today, as I say. Now, moving on, we have someone else who we kind of mentioned earlier on in the show. We kind of sprinkled his name throughout the show, but now it's time to give him some real flowers. Uh, Oakley Cannonier has scored 16 goals already for Liverpool this season. And, as you mentioned, Matt, last time we, we did an academy show, he was on the name on lots of people's lips. We've spoken about Kai Gordon as being maybe the, the, the coming man from the forward line from the youth team. This is the kind of run that is going to put someone like Oakley Cannonier ahead of lots of other people in the pecking order, lots of people's minds. How good has he been and how good can he be? Well, how good has he been? I think, you know, you only have to read off the numbers to, to work that out. It's 14 goals in 10 league games and he's come off the bench in a couple of those league games as well. So it's not like 10 starts. 16 in all competitions at this stage. Obviously, Mohamed Salah distorts how good that sounds, but it is still very, very good, particularly because he's not played as many games as, as what Salah has. Obviously, there's fewer games at, at youth level. So, yeah, it, it's been a really good run. It's been a, a really good goal-scoring run. Obviously, he spent a lot of last season injured, so he's kind of dropped off the radar for, for a lot of people, but he's very much back on there now. And I think for me that the biggest thing with him is that it's not just goals. It, it's his all-round game. Mm -hmm. I really like the way he drops off and, and links the play. He's not actually got any assists so far this season, I don't think. Uh, certainly not according to, to transfer marked. But um, <laughs> it's, it, it's a really really sort of full package that you get with him. He does remind me a little bit of Roberto Firmino in that he does drop off and spray the balls around and then obviously link up with the attack later on, but just a really clinical finisher as well. I mean, just just the goals alone would be enough to, to make you think that he's got a decent chance of, of making it somewhere, whether that's Liverpool or somewhere else. It, it's probably too early to, to say in terms of, of what he could be in the future. There's still a number of, of steps to make, but the evidence so far is is really exciting. I think whenever he's on the pitch, he's always going to get a couple of chances and he's always going to score at least one of those. I think out of the, the 10 league games, I think there's only been one in which he's not scored. So, yeah, I think that pretty much just sums it up. That's fantastic when you hear those kind of things. And I think for most fans, the part that would have made your ears prick up is when you mentioned Firmino because that really is the clinching thing when you mentioned before about whether he's going to make it at Liverpool or somewhere else. When we're thinking about a Liverpool number nine at the moment, 
we are thinking beyond just goals. We have to think about the other things you bring into the game. We've had other strikers come through with fantastic goal records. I think about Rian Brewster in particular. And when it came to getting into the first team, trying to replicate Firmino, it became a lot more difficult. So hearing that he's developing these parts at this stage is very encouraging. Yeah, no, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. And, and you know, I'm not suggesting that he is the next Firmino or anything like that. But all I'm saying is, you know, at under-18s level, against that that sort of style of, of player and, and that level of, of player, I think there's there's a lot more to his game than just goals, which obviously you, you absolutely need that for, for, for Liverpool. And obviously, as you say, the, the obvious link is, is Firmino in terms of, of what he does. I think he's... You know, really good at, at the pressing side of thing as well. He's he's really an intelligent footballer. Obviously, it's not so easy to to get hold of of the stats around that at, at under 18s level. But just in terms of of the eye test, he tends to to pass that. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that, that there's still a lot of steps to to take. Obviously, can he continue to to score at, at that rate at under 23s level at some point? Can he do it in the in the youth league as well? Because he's not really played too much in there. I think he's got a few minutes off the bench here and there, but tends tends to, to be Max Voltman who's who's playing through the middle in those games. There's again still a, a long time to, to develop. I think he's still only 17, Oakley. So there's still a, a couple of seasons before he needs to, to be sort of going and, and stepping it up and, and doing it in these other competitions. But yeah, so far so good. But I'd like to, to see him tested in the youth league at some point. And whether that's later today or not remains to be seen. But I think uh, sooner rather than later, it's it's pretty much inevitable. Well, for the purposes of this podcast, I hope it is later today. Um, now, we normally finish with our one to watch. And considering how good that um, broadcast about Cannoneer was, I thought it would be him. But it's not him. You have someone else up your sleeve, Matt. Yeah, no, it's it's not Oakley on this uh, on this particular occasion. I'm pretty sure I will have picked Oakley at some point in the past. It's, it does get quite hard after you've done this show for two years to pick a new name every single time. But I, I'm going to go with Stefan Bicetic, and, and hopefully I've, I've pronounced that correctly. Again, a, a familiar theme of this show is me trying to work out how to say some of these names. But I think it's it's been a really interesting development so far this season for him. He was kind of just settling in, played a lot for, for the under-16s, actually, uh, at the back end of, of last season. Didn't really play a whole uh, number of games, really, for, for the under-18s, mainly because he was just sort of settling in. He was uh, one of those, if you remember, that Liverpool had to, to rush to sign him in January before that Brexit deadline. I think it was something like the 8th of January, they had to, to sign him before then. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to, to do that from Celta Vigo. So, yeah, it was one of those that they'd had their eye on, possibly would have, have maybe signed him in the summer or, or left him to develop in Spain a little bit longer, but obviously couldn't afford to do that with the, the Brexit regulations changing. So, yeah, he, he came in, started to, to play for the under-16s, has played a lot as, as a centre-back and has done well there. Uh, looks as you'd expect for a Spanish centre-back, really good on the ball, obviously has, has developed um, and become more accustomed to, to playing the, the kind of style and the more physical version of, of the game that we have in this country. But over the last couple of weeks, has started to, to play in midfield as well, which I think is, is really interesting. I think there's probably two reasons or, or two ways of looking at why that is. One is because he is really good on the ball and he can do it. The other one is because they haven't really got any midfielders, so they've got to play someone there. So, be interested to see how long that experiment lasts, but mm. the early signs of it are, are really promising, and he is definitely, definitely the the one to watch for me for for the next few weeks. 
It's funny how things work out that way sometimes, though, isn't it? Because you can find within the youth level, just because you have a quality and you, there's a space going, you find yourself in a position and who knows to say that I might end up being in his better position in the future. We have to wait and see. There's lots for us to look forward to in the world of the under-23s and the under-18s, Matt. Thank you for this fantastic show. I'm sure we're going to be looking more into the future as the weeks go by. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Good to, to be back on. And we're going to try and make this a, a regular thing again. I know we, we haven't done one for, for a couple of months, but it's, <coughs> it, it certainly will not be as long as that before the next <laughs> Well, I've got myself a subscription now, so I'm going to be watching these lads regularly. So you're going to be hearing a lot more from me interjecting in future shows. But for now, thanks very much. We'll see you all again soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.